When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. These are the guys behind the glass. Hey, where's my little music? Even Windex and a paper towel can't handle these hot takes. These are the guys behind the glass. Well, it's just guy behind the glass this week. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Guys Behind the Glass. I am one of your hosts, Luke Grano. Where's the Dino? That's Where's a, the Dino? That's a great question, Dave Labrosi. Mike DeDino, I can only imagine, is doing something weird like catching a flight, doing a Rosetta Stone <laughs> lesson. I can't imagine what Mike DeDino's doing. Justin Ellick, we know, is in the motherland. He's in Israel, living his best life. So I've decided what better way to uh, spread the love than to have a couple guests on today. Yeah. So joining me and executive producer Kevin... Starting off, Gina. I'm not even going to pr- try to pronounce your last name, so please do the honors. You can just say Gina Bina. That's what I'm going to do. It. Anyway. Yeah. Gina Bina. Okay, well, we'll go. stick with that. So, yeah. Gina, the reason I wanted you here to start is because I've gotten a lot of my takes about the New York Rangers wrong in the last two episodes. You asked me the past two weeks, they were dead in the water. Yep. Going into tonight, it is game two of round two mm-hmm. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. Heartbreaking loss in game one. Oh, my God. Rangers up early in the first three minutes, Filipino goal, just to blow it in the last two and a half <laughs> minutes. Yep. Just to lose that in overtime. So what's your take on this team? Because I know you love hockey. I know you go to a lot of the mm-hmm. games. Well, what it's have, been a while, but... What have you awesome. seen so far this playoffs? Well, I would say Game game 7 gave me a fucking heart attack. Sure Straight did. up. Yeah. Am I allowed to curse? I'm allowed yeah. to curse, right? Okay, cool. Yeah, absolute fucking heart attack. Watching them through, I would probably... Honestly, Shesterkin is probably the most fun to watch, I think, for me. Because Lundqvist was a really big deal growing up just my entire life. Obviously, if Ranger fan, Ranger fans are Ranger fans, you're going to have a soft spot for Lundqvist yeah. always. <laughs> always. But I feel like Shesterkin's been a really good filler for the hole in my heart with him. So watching him in this playoff has been really cool. I also think that Reeves is a really special player as well, and people aren't talking about that enough either. Uh, so I was actually a huge... Uh, what's not? What's the opposite of fan? Jesus Christ, hater! I guess yeah. hater. A, huge, <laughs> a huge hater of the Ryan Reeves trade when it first happened. What? And obviously, he's been such a huge part of this team and what the energy that this team brings. Yeah. Really, mm-hmm. last year you look at us, we were just all speed and skill, and yeah. Chris Drury added a lot of grit this year. A lot of people were wondering if that was going <laughs> to pay off, and it did. Yeah. We're this far. How long have you been a Ranger fan? It's my entire life. Your entire life. Okay, because actually, I didn't. Not only did I not watch hockey. Mm-hmm. Until I was like a teenager. Are you serious? I was a Vancouver Canucks fan. Oh my god, no! My hockey career. <laughs> Jesus. So, 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 so you know the ups and downs that this team has been. Through. Oh yeah, I've been on the on this bandwagon. I don't even say bandwagon because I'm bored into it quite literally. Because my uncle and my mom and my dad, everybody, they grew up playing hockey. They grew up watching it. My uncle Richie is huge into it. So even when I was younger, like I've been through every heartbreak too. I went through the L.A. Kings heartbreaks. I went through the Tampa Bay heartbreaks. I've been through all of them. So. It's been a... There's two yeah. types of New York sports fans. <laughs> There's the fan who 
their team can do no wrong. Kind of like a lot of Yankees fans. Like the like the Yankees are never at fault for anything. Yeah. Uh, and then there's like Mets fans and Knicks fans and Jets fans who just hate their own team, who just hate the <laughs> life that they're living. And obviously you can see what kind of fan I am, yeah. the words I have to say about these teams. Where, where, where do you hate line that up? Guy. I do really hate that guy. Where do you line up on that spectrum? Oh, my God. Well, when it comes to the Rangers, I always have had a soft spot. I don't necessarily hate them. I feel like there's always a lot of heart and a lot of grit no matter how much they lose. So, so I feel like there's – I don't have reasons to necessarily hate the Rangers for for any reason whatsoever. However, when it comes to the Knicks – that's like a toxic relationship I didn't oh, yeah. ask for. Absolutely. So it's like the really toxic guy that you keep going back to. He, like he swears he's going to change, and then in the first couple of weeks it's really good, <laughs> and then like halfway through the relationship again, you're like, why did I come back to this? So no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I don't want to do it either. So yeah. how do you see the rest of the series going? Because obviously we know that they can hang with Carolina through 60 minutes of play. Well, yeah, you can hang with Carolina. They're basically playing themselves at this point because you have you know you had Stahl, you have Stepan on their team. It's a half of the range. Almost everybody on Carolina was a ranger at some point, it feels like. So it's like they're playing themselves. So I don't know. I'm scared, to be honest with you. I really don't want to watch this loss. And I feel like if I have to go to a Game 7 again, I might need to be checked into a mental facility. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, I don't, I don't know. I really don't even know where my heart lies with this. I feel like if you got Panarin on the ice, it might help out too. Because he's been really clutch with the Rangers. And... Against Carolina, I think that he'll be okay. And I think you have if you put Reeves on the ice defensively, it'll help them out too. You say before I that left, might be their secret weapon. Be, secret weapon. Before I absolutely jinx this team. <laughs> no, it, honestly, it's so crazy to see six different former Rangers. Yeah, on the ice on the other side, wearing the red and black. If you had told me seven years, there's like seven years ago, there was going to be one healthy scratch and to be Derek Stepan, I would have laughed at you. <laughs> no, he was one of my favorite players when he was a Ranger. That's now fair. he's barely good enough to to make the team. But half of their defense used to be on our team: Brendan Smith, yep. Brady Shea, and Tony D'Angelo. Oh, so, fucking D'Angelo! <laughs> Don't even get me started. So I figured. You now I've watched these guys play defense. They're not great. This should be pretty easy. And then I realized that. Carolina is one of the best defensive teams yep. in the league. If there's, mm-hmm. there's actually one team that's harder to score than the New York Rangers. Yep. It's the Carolina Hurricanes. Yep. So I mean, they, <laughs> they proved it in the last game, though. It was fucking one nothing, And, and, and then they came back. And that's, like, and that's the backup goalie anti-Ronta. Right? <laughs> that's not even Frederick Anderson, who's the guy who stole an all-star spot from Igor Shosturkin. That's le- legitimately anti-Ronta. Yep. He's the backup goalie. The Rangers have had a terrible time with backup goalies recently. Yeah. No, I, I really do think that the Rangers can hang into this series. My goal, <laughs> I was in between <laughs> Carolina in five and in six. I'm leaning now more towards in six because if that's how they're going to play, we're screwed. Yeah, you can't play to not lose. You got to play to win. No, you're absolutely you're absolutely right. I'm just I don't know. It's just fucking stressing me out because <laughs> I want to. I just want to see them go far for once in my lifetime because you know i wasn't around for 94 i was born in 97 yeah but i've seen the videos i've seen everything i've seen the, the stories from my parents and going out in the street i didn't get that shit and i want it this year right it, so and i feel like this team has the potential at the moment like again i don't want to fucking jinx it <laughs> i really don't Wait, so rangers and Knicks. where else do you stand on Sports? Yeah, sports teams. Uh, I'm okay. So I'm I was raised a Yankee fan technically, okay. but I'm not a Met hater. I actually do enjoy the, watching the Mets play and everything. <laughs> I I, wa- I do enjoy watching the Mets. I was a big Cinderella fan when he was on the team, and I think that Alonzo is really good too. I, okay. I'm, so I so, so you've been alive too. for a championship, essentially. I have not had that pleasure for the Yankees, yeah, yeah exactly. and for the Giants too for football. So I've 
you know. All right. So so before I let you go here, <laughs> what's 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 the pick here? How, what, who's winning this series? How many games? This series? Yeah, Rangers. Rangers. Canes. How's it looking? You, you got me. I'm going Canes in six. That's the. I know it's, it's hateful. I know it is hateful. You're so full of hate. Stop the kind of person so I am. Yeah, I know. Just because I'm not thinking logically and sugarcoating my own life, I'm going to say Rangers and six. Okay, there we go, Gina. Thank you so much for joining me. No problem. Really appreciate it. You uh, got the it. first girl behind the glass, I believe. Yeah, so girls behind the glass. Thank you for making history. Um, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, so that wraps up our hockey coverage of this episode on Guys Behind the Glass. Next, we did touch a little bit on baseball, and I know how exciting this Mets season has been this entire time, but the only team better than the Mets right now has been the New York Yankees. It's been absolutely disgusting to watch. The success that just pours out of this franchise, and I know they haven't won a championship in a couple years, and that makes it a little hard, but the success that this franchise has had, a lot of Yankees fans that I know have never been alive for a season where the Yankees have been under 500, and this year, they honestly look like a true championship contender. It's not one of those years where the Yankees are just going to go to the playoffs and they might win a series or two. They honestly could win the World Series. Now, the Yankees yesterday, a 6-9, nice, loss to the Baltimore Orioles. Their first loss in five games, their fourth loss of the month. And to discuss the Yankees, I have now... The phenomenal friend of the show, Eric Salas. Of course. Thank you for having me on, Luke. Thank Appreciate you for coming through. Of course. I, I know course. it's a long walk from the video room over to... I was playing Enter but... Sandman in my brain as I was walking through the hallway, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> a little that's, Moex That's how excited I am for talking about some Yankees today. So, what the hell makes this team so good? Because it doesn't feel like they're much different than last year. They're better defensively this year. But you're seeing a lot more offense, which is what's making the difference, really. So, I was coming into this year, I was expecting kind of a wild card type of year, and it could still end up going that way. I think the main difference is Giancarlo's playing the field on a regular basis. He's no longer the main DH that they need to maneuver around, so he's out on the field. And Judge bet on himself this year, so he has to put on a show every single time he's out there. And it's just coming together. That's all I could say for now, and it's early in the season. Things could change, but I'm enjoying the ride right now. I was going to say, so it looks like, from an outsider's perspective, because I only watch so much Yankees, it's really only when the Mets aren't on, the Yankees look like they're getting... Phenomenal offense out of Judge and Stanton every day. They're getting solid play from LeMahieu every day. Are any of the pitchers doing doing poorly? This they year? have one of the best bullpens in. The I literally league. I can't name you like a like a like a bad pitcher. No, I couldn't either. And their relievers are doing great right now. They just lost Chad Green. Not much of a loss in my book because I, I think he's one of the more of an Achilles heel towards the team. Hot take there. Ooh. I think there's a lot, better, a lot better pitchers on the team, but their their main starters have been doing very well. And I would say the only one struggling is Jordan Montgomery. Everybody else has been fantastic so far. So I know a big topic of discussion has been the Yankees are beating all the teams that they have to because that was a huge problem last year. They played down to the competition. They'd lose to the bad teams and obviously beat the good teams. They're killing the bad teams this year. But I'm looking at the the standings right now, five games ahead of the Rays, eight games ahead of the Blue Jays, 12 games ahead of the Red Sox, and a, a little mean, but I'm not even going to count the Orioles. I, I thought this division was supposed to be one of the most competitive in baseball. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. 
Go to your happy price, Priceline. Well, the, the Blue Jays were looking towards the team that was going to win this division, hands down. I think the Yankees were going to be a close second. I think they're going to take some time to put that together. I believe it will be more competitive as time goes on. What's the main difference is, is that Boston is not competitive this year. It's them, Which and, is them and the Orioles are at the bottom of the division. So it's pretty much the New York Yankees, the Blue Jays, and the Rays who have yet to see the Yankees this year. But to your point about the schedule, I told you a while ago that the Yankees, I looked at the schedule I think about a month ago, I said they may not lose until June. You did and say that. Exactly I can what, confirm that. And that's exactly what's going on because they're versing a lot of bad teams, and I would say the Orioles like about three times now, and they're going to verse them again right after this White Sox series coming up today. Yeah. And they slapped the White Sox. And the White Sox I don't think are a phenomenal team by any means. They have yet to, to verse a, a pretty competitive team. But you have to beat up the bad teams. That's what good teams do. And after the White Sox series, obviously, Orioles again, and then you're in Tampa Bay, you can do well that series, you can do anything. That's the one you kind of have marked on the calendar there because they need that. That's a team that they struggle to verse in the division, and the Tampa Bay Rays haven't, you know, they, they, I haven't watched a lot of them this year. I'm only going to be able to watch them when they verse the Yankees, so I'm excited to see how they do, but they're the type of team that are going to make the Yankees work for it. And then after that, you've got the Angels, who are good, Tigers, bad. They versed them already, so. Twins. But that's the last year, I believe that's the last series they lost was against really? the Tigers, and they haven't lost since then. Okay. So Twins good, Cubs bad, Rays again, Blue Jays again, Rays again, Astros who are good, Athletics who are bad in the month of June. Looks like you can take pretty much most of that schedule. I believe they can, but it's a, it's. I would believe it's a little bit more difficult than the schedule they've had up to this point. So this is going to be the real challenge here. I'm not going to say I'm not confident. I am confident. Obviously, look how the team is doing right now. But they could hit a rough spot. For sure, it's it's definitely possible. You have to be you have to be careful about that. You know, pretty much every day you're seeing the Yankees win. Start getting used to them. Maybe hitting you know a fork in the road at some point. I love watching the Mets and seeing the players that I feel like Mets fans are talking about, but no one else is talking about. I feel, I feel like SNY also does a really great job of that. Is highlighting the players who should get more love than they're actually getting nationwide. So, like for example, Jeff McNeil was on every mock trade. This past summer, last season, guy's the best player on our team right now. I love Mark Hanna. Travis Jankowski's become a fan favorite. Eduardo Escobar also getting a similar treatment. Is there anyone like that on the Yankees that Yankee fans just like adore? Like, I remember Aaron Hicks and Brett Gardner were, like, huge deals to Yankee fans. And obviously they weren't phenomenal players, but they just, everyone was in love with them. Is, do we have someone like that this season yet? Honestly, no, because if you think about Yankee fans, they are expect they expect the team to perform the way they're That's performing. Very, very true. I say uh, the love for Judge is just extended. That's about yeah. it. I don't think anybody in particular like you're, like everyone expected IKF to be bad coming in. I believe he's been fine. He's kind of hitting a like a rough spot right now, a little bit of a rough patch. But nobody's like bowing down. Well, I take it all back. Actually, I'm thinking of the offense, Nestor Cortez. That's great. That's and great. I, I would be remiss if I missed that. Everybody is in love with him. To the point where he's almost getting canceled on Twitter. People are finding bad tweets about him on Twitter. Oh, and that's how you know you're doing something right. But yeah, I would I would say it would be Nestor Cortez on the offense. Though people are everyone's expecting him to to absolutely go off, and that's exactly what they're doing. But for the reason why it is Nestor Cortez is because he's pitching better than Cole every time he's out there on the mound. So everybody's falling in love with that more than anything else on the team. I would say right now. So y- Yankees fans right now. How badly would this team need to fall for them to like lose their minds? Because if they're getting exactly like you said, they're getting exactly what they want right now. I would how, say if they fall, to, they need to fall? If they fall to five hundred, people are going to get angry. But, uh, they're way too far ahead right now. To it's going to take a fall. while. It, that'll take a very long time. But don't say it's impossible. It's one hundred and sixty-two games in a season. They're going to hit. A, they're going to hit a road trip at some point that they're just not going to 
click together. And injuries are still a possibility. It's still way too early. So right the Mets now. are really feeling that right now. Really feeling, especially pitching wise, right? Yep, I was going to say. So we we now know as of this morning, Max Scherzer uh, out for at least a month, probably going to be two. Jacob Degrom, while he's improving, looking like a July return. Tyler McGill, they're hoping they can get back. Now, Tyler McGill wasn't in the starting rotation to start this year. If DeGrom was, if DeGrom was healthy, Tyler McGill would probably be in AAA. Yeah, he probably wouldn't be in the starting. Exactly. And now he's become a fan favorite because he stepped into DeGrom's position and he's playing great. He got hurt. So your two insurance policies are gone, basically. Exactly. Exactly, Eric. You can see where like the anguish that we face every year comes from. You have a tough schedule coming up as well. We sure do. We'll start with the Rockies this season. I forgot. I believe the Braves are coming up as well. Braves are coming up. I know the Mets are st- like still have a pretty sizable lead in their division. I'm pretty sure the Phillies are next behind, and they're about like five. Which is good to years. have. I would say that is your last insurance policy, is the fact that you have a large lead in the division. Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm looking at it right now. Phillies are seven games behind. Marlins, seven and a half. Braves, eight and a half. So any one of those teams can really come for us. Right, and I know I'm being very conservative with saying that you know the Yankees could eventually fall. I, I would like to believe that this is how the rest of the year is going to pan out, and obviously, you know, cross your fingers that nobody gets hurt. But obviously, that's not realistic. But I'm th- I just think of the the Mets team last year. Obviously, they weren't in the same position, but they had a sizable lead, and then it fell behind them, and then they yep. were just out of the playoffs. Absolutely. But uh, like, and that Mets team was so beat up. I don't know. That's like a late. I get yelled at for for like lazy excuses on this show, and like injuries fall under the category of lazy excuse. It's not a lazy excuse to me. But they weren't far off either. Is the thing? Yeah. Like I know Scherzer is obviously a big difference from last year, and Buck Showalter being her manager is oh, a yeah. big difference from last year. But they weren't far off. The Mets, yes, the Mets last year were four players short. Four players, Eric, from having the most unique roster of all time. In that, like the most number of players played for the Mets in one season. I believe the record's like 69. I think we got to 65. 65 different New York Mets hit the field last year. Yeah, and it continues this year. You just signed a bunch of new people that are... It's, it's a good team on paper. So I would say I expect them to still make it far this year regardless of their pitching situation. If you, I expect Carrasco to do a lot better. Carrasco has done a lot better. And as long as Edwin Diaz is good, like take take last year into consideration if Edwin Diaz pitched as good as he's pitching this year, they probably... Could have made the playoffs, and that's what uh, I do the math. (laughs) I don't know, like what emotions get evoked from this specifically. I'm going to try and talk my way through this point, but Edwin Diaz is finally showing up. What are you nuts? Thank you, Mike. Listen, we'll get through this together. So the Mets finally get Edwin Diaz, the guy who they just shelled out all of their futures to get. He's finally playing as he is. You also are now paying forty million dollars to Robinson Cano to sit home. Pocket change. Pocket change. Now, now they got Uncle Steve. It makes you feel. So you're chilling. Yeah, we're chilling now. It should have been done earlier, but obviously you take a flyer and see what happens. I really think that if this, this team's, I can already feel it. I can already feel the industry coming, but this team's got got a future, and I think that we'll be close to you come October in terms of the standings. How much have you thought of the chances of another Yankee Met World Series at some point in the next ten years? If you had asked every New Yorker. Like, like, line them all up next to each other. If you had asked every New Yorker like a month ago, I think they all would have said, like, it's a lock. Now I think it's going to be a little tougher because the Yankees are getting really, really good and the, the Mets are starting to trail off a little bit. But it's not out of the question. It's, before it's, it's going to be really hard. But. But before we even th- think about that, right, let's take a step back. Let's think about the present day. Aaron Judge, is he going to re-sign with the Yankees? I'm asking you genuinely. It's easy for me to say, yes, he's going to because he's a Someone Yankee. Someone told but- Sid today he's going to go to the Giants. He's going to like hold out and try and go to the Giants. That, that I believe the Giants morning. were interested in Judge and Stanton at a point. 
I believe before Stanton came to New York, the Giants were interested. So they're looking for a big dude. They're looking at Judge. And they obviously, the Giants almost signed Bryce Harper at the time. Yeah. So they got money ready to go. All right, Eric. Last question before I kick you out. How many more games do the Yankees win in a row before the next loss? Seven. Seven. Okay. I'm going to keep it a short leash. Beautiful. All right. Eric Salas, thank you for joining me. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate it. Door's always open. Oh, it sure is, bud. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we now thank you, Eric Salas, for taking uh, a, some time out of your day. To, Hate uh, that guy. Uh, no, no, we know we like Eric. Come on. So we're going to transition from baseball to basketball, and I bring on my third and final guest here, the associate producer of Guys Behind the Glass. It's Rodwell Jeffrey. Oh my goodness, Rod! I don't think your mic's on. There we go. Hey, hey, that's my guy. <laughs> now, Rod, you've been with us this entire journey. Yes, the whole ride. And I'm just doing me. <laughs> just doing me. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> now, Rod, we've talked very little Knicks mm-hmm. in our tenure of Guys Behind the Glass. Yes, sir. You're... Oh, this is going to be great. Matt. <laughs> Matt's killing it. Yeah, Matt, Matt, please shower us and drops. As much Shut as up. <laughs> yeah, Rod, how, how does it feel to hear yourself as a drop? I, I can kind of see what Didino's saying. It's like you, you have your just thought process, me. and then you're just doing you, and then it's just like, whoa. Just doing me. Just doing me. So, Rod, the yes, reason sir. I wanted to talk to you is because mm-hmm. we had the draft lottery. Yes, sir. The Knicks have the 11th pick. Yeah. I know the Knicks have had just a terrible history with the lottery. Mm-hmm. What's that been like for you? Because I know that like this is your this is your yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I come to you for anime and for basketball. Come on now. So I think uh, I don't understand why everybody was so upset. You know what I'm saying? Like we were slotted at the 11th pick. It's not that bad. If I'm being honest, I don't think we had that bad of a season when we got the 11th pick. Everybody's crying, but if you use your actual brain, our Chances to get in the top four were maybe ten percent. Yeah, I was afraid we were going to go down. So when I saw That's a very Knicks thing, to yeah, to go down. down. So when I saw you know, old boy, I saw him take out the, uh, <laughs> I saw him take out the lottery at twelve. I said, all right, it's not the Knicks. We're good. At eleven, I was chilling, but I saw the slight disrespect because the sticker was on the Knicks thing, the panel. So yeah. I said, all right, I saw the slight. Are we good? <laughs> as, long, as long as we didn't go down, I'm solid. All right, good. So do you watch, like, any college bat- like basketball? I really don't. Honestly, I think the last class I kept up with was the R.J. Zion class because that was the last time we had a super high pick. Yeah. I think we had the best odds then, so that's when we, we dropped two. And honestly, I wasn't tripping because, you know, R.J. was – he was the savior from then. You know, everybody was watching that Duke team. So we knew he was going to get one of those boys. So it, Doesn't it feel great that like RJ's the star of this team? It feels amazing. There's something to be said about a player that's drafted by the Knicks. The love is always there. Like I've seen players come in from either via trade, free agency. They could have a moment, for example, like Julius, where the city rocks with you, and then they could have that split second where the city doesn't. Oh, yeah. But somebody like RJ, somebody like Frank, I love Frank. <laughs> so once you draft that talent, we rock with you so heavy. So I won't ask you if you have any players in mind, but what do the Knicks need? What do we need? What's, what's the big addition? Because I know a lot of people say point guard. but mm-hmm. I, I, They've been saying point guard for because as someone, 20 years. As someone who I, I consider myself like an advanced casual Knicks yeah, 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 I can yeah, tell yeah. you that I don't want RJ traded. I could tell Never. you everything about... The, the great players on the team. I can't tell you much about the ins and outs, though. Is IQ not capable of being the point guard for this team going forward? You know what's crazy? When I Everything I say going forward, I love every one of these boys. <laughs> <laughs> IQ, I think we could give them the keys, yes. But I think people just have the short-term memory because IQ had a stint at the beginning of the season where he really struggled. So I think it's a lot to give him the total keys. 
So when people say, yo, give the keys to OB, give the keys to IQ, that's just such a big responsibility on your back one. And he's still growing. He just came out of year two. Yeah. So to give him the keys, let's say he starting point guard year three and then he goes into a struggle. Now everybody's looking at him crazy, but he, he's just got to get that time to build. But if, if that's the direction we want to go, if fans want to say, hey, we're going to let you guys rock rather than, yo, I need a chip now. I'm rocking, but at the same time, if we're going to do it, we got to do it right, and we can't put people in a position to fail. So there's been like a lot of talk. We we know New Yorkers. Come on now. You need to win, otherwise we're going to just sell everyone. Yes, sir. So you listen to Knicks fans. Randall's got to go. Mm. Ordier's got to go. Mm. <laughs> Fortier's got to go. Nerlens Noel's got to go. Kemba Walker's got to go. Is, like, is any of this true? Kemba got to go. Kemba's got to go. Kemba looking like me out there, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like, I see Kemba. Kemba, like, it's crazy. Anybody from New York, when they come to the Knicks, because you know, that's a dream of yours. If I hooped, I, I'm from Brooklyn. So I would say, yo, I got the city on my back. It's something about, because I've seen it with Joe Kim Noah as well. They fell off a cliff. When I heard that the Knicks were signing Kemba, I was I was here, actually, at work. Really? I ran around. I was on Reddit. I was like, yo, it was crazy. <laughs> but then Kemba had a little limp. And I said, hold up. It wasn't the swaggy limp. It was the, like, yo, this is hurting. <laughs> it's like, you should go see a doctor. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So I don't know. But it's all love. Kemba's a great – he's a great professional because oh, yeah. I think I think there was a stat that when Kemba, Fournier were in the backcourt and then we were rocking with the – I think it's Mitch, RJ, and I forget, someone else in there. That's the worst defensive lineup, literally, of all time. <laughs> I know people say that, but I think by the numbers, but it was me- the, like mathematically, it was the worst defensive lineup you've ever seen. That's wild. Like, if I was out there, I could get three layups on them. <laughs> no <laughs> lie. No lie. It was that crazy. So, I think something has to give. Something has to change. But I don't think too drastically. Because, honestly, I see, I see that we're kind of right there. Yeah, and also, I feel like that... Kemba's the kind of guy where I don't think any Knicks fan was happy to see him fail. Of course not. Like, you know, like Julius is going out there and putting up like nine. And you <laughs> nine have, and two. You have like at least like a third of the crowd's cheering. Yeah, to, to for see sure. Him play, Come on now. Play poor. I don't think anyone's excited to see Kemba beat For sure, fan. because if you think about it, New York was selling that story. In the promo, they were saying, yo, the New York kid is back. We're going to make it happen. We're going to get a chip. We're better than last year. And then to see him struggle, it, it hurts. It's a different type of hurt. So... I guess I don't want to say that like I, I know the free art, the free agent market very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there any like one that's coming off a contract right now that you really would like to see the next side? Because I feel like the NBA's best players all get locked up before mm-hmm. free agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They won't even let them sniff free agency. Yeah. I remember there, it was it was the Jazz. The Jazz were like coming up on D. Mitch. Yeah, yeah. Out, go, they said we're Gobert. locking them yep, up. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, is it, like, like can, can the Knicks pull off any of that? I don't even think we are, need to. Are we starting to. to like lose the stigma that the Knicks are a bad place to play basketball? I don't know because I, I heard – I listened to some interview where they were saying – because the Knicks have been bad for a long time. But people, the new generation of, of ball players, they don't really know that narrative. So that plays well in our favor. But at the same time, I don't know if there's that one free agent that's going to save it all. Because if you think about it, last year – we didn't have Derrick Rose for most of the season, yep. who was a killer. We didn't have Nerlens, who was you know, our big backup. I, I support Nerlens a lot because he held it down when Mitch was out. I think he's serviceable. I think he can get it done. But I think I think we still have great chemistry cohesion. I, I rock with Tibbs heavy. So I think 
a little tweak here and there, I think we can make some noise. I don't think we have to swing crazy. I don't think we have to go back to the mellow situation where you trade X amount of picks, you trade X amount of glue guys. I don't think we ought to do that. I think <laughs> we can calm down. Maybe if next year's trash, we, we start making some noise. But I think we're right there, man. Like I think we got a great core. I think we got a great coach. I think we can make it happen soon. You don't, all right, so last question I have for you. Yes, sir. You don't have to give me a name. Yes, sir. Give me a position. Who do you want at 11? I know it's tough. I think I think either wing, so I'm going either a three or a five. Okay. And then I think we're solid. Because if we're being honest, I don't even think he's going to break the rotation. Really? Yeah, 100%. Because if you think about the youngest that we had last year, you Q, Q Grimes, we got Obi who was going crazy. We got Quick going crazy. People wanted Miles to play yeah, so much. Yeah, people real bad. We got Jericho Sims in the back, you know what I'm saying? So where they they barely got burned. Yeah. So where's this 11 pick going to slot in? So I'm looking at Tankathon right now. Jalen Duran, the center out of Memphis. Right, 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 right. Who's it looking like we're going to take right now? But uh, Rodwell? I'll, uh, listen, I'll talk to you in like 10 minutes. Come on now. We're going to hold it down. <laughs> this is always a pleasure. Seeing it on the other side of the glass, double entendre. It's go. nuts. Luke, you've been holding <laughs> it down. Rodwell, appreciate it, my friend. Yes, sir. Thank you're the man. Now, Love. All right, ladies and gentlemen, with three phenomenal guests, three great sports. I guess we'll hit you with a quick update on football while we're here. The Jets signed all three of their first-round picks. And the only reason I'm getting into this is because I know Mike would want to talk about some team previews of some team you wouldn't care about. Like, how, like how are the L.A. Chargers looking this early into the offseason? I don't, I don't want to talk about that. We'll talk about the Jets to close out the episode right now. Because You I, lost me. Uh, exactly. Thank you, Justin. See, even when he, he's, he's in Israel, he's just as helpful as he is when he's here. It's incredible. Anyway, no, I, I, I really think that this is going to prove – that the Jets are taking football seriously. Because I, I know that we just saw a, a trending video on Twitter the other day as well. Brady Quinn, who uh, you, you probably pick up most football fans at the airport, they wouldn't be able to recognize him, said that the Jets are going to be eliminated from the season for, by the bye week. That's true. Really tough schedule. We've gone over it on this show. Whole AFC North, the Packers in there, the Dolphins in there, the Broncos in there, the Bills. And then it gets easier from there. But a lot of people are counting at the Jets right now. I really, really hope other people see the commitment to this football team that Joe Douglas, Robert Sala, and God, I hope Woody Johnson are putting into this team. Because the Jets have just been, no offense, Rod, because I know you're, you're working over there, the Knicks of football for so long that they finally are starting to ditch that narrative. And then this is the time and people are already counting them out because of one dude who was in the league for a slice of key lime, said that they're going to be absolutely out of it, no question about it, by week 10. I don't see it. I just don't see it. I know people are going to call me stupid, crazy, uh, just a wacky Jets fan. Uh, I don't buy it. I just don't buy it. The Jets can win five games in the first nine weeks. I know it's crazy. Crazy thought, but I'm going to stick to it. So, we've done it all, really. We've hit Rangers with Gina, hit baseball with Eric, basketball with Rodwell, and I couldn't leave you without a little bit of football. Had to, because Mike DiDino is the host on this show. So, ladies and gentlemen, I do have to thank you for checking out another episode of Guys Behind the Glass. I've been Luke Legrano. I'd ask Justin Ellick 
how we like the show today. He's not here. I'd ask Mike DeDino how we like the show today. He's not here. But we did have three phenomenal guests. Everyone who's a phenomenal person that works here at 77 WABC. All contributors here to the Red Apple Podcast Network. And ladies and gents, we're going to see you again next week. And dare I say, we'll be fully staffed. Rod? Oh, no. It's not Big Pimpin'. There we go. All right. We will Big Pimp our way on out of here. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. Guys behind the glass, look Legrano here. We'll catch you next week. Bumpy, Pimp C, Jigga Man. You know why, dug them, hug them, love them, leave them, but I don't trust or need them. Take them out the hood, keep them.